a good one. What are some tactics and approaches that have proven successful for you to close on the same call virtually? So talking from a virtual standpoint, uh, what are some tactics and approaches that have proven successful for you to, for, to close on the same call? Lucky saying it usually takes a couple of conversations, a few conversations to build the rapport and close the, the, the sale virtually. And I'd like to learn to close quicker. So, Marte. Good morning, everybody. I actually saw that question on there. And this is something that we talked about on, on my team call last night. Um, it, it's definitely in the beginning of the conversation, you're going back to the driving 100 wells, 100 foot deep or finding one thing that you guys can connect on and driving that a hundred feet deep because people buy from who they like and trust. And so if you're not spending 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes on the front end, building the relationship and finding something that you connect in, the biggest difference between a in-home face-to-face sale and a virtual sale is you don't have many visuals to pick from. So it's going to rely on your question asking ability, because if you're going face to face, you drive by the house, maybe they got a nice uh, yard or a boat or something happened in the neighborhood that you can open the front door and be like, how long has this been uh, construction been going on? But if you don't have that, then you have to, this is where the virtual comes in, is you can look past them and I can see Carrie and I can see that neat picture behind her and just say, are you a, is that one of your favorite kind of flowers? But just to kind of get the motor running, but I'm going to ask a question that has something that I actually have a genuine interest in. And I'm going to go deep with that. That's on the connecting part. Then you get to their, why did you send it in? And if you don't drive that five layers deep, there's no emotion. There's no sense of urgency and then the last thing I'll say about this, and it's kind of my running joke, especially with my team, everybody's got to die. I kill everybody. And so if I'm talking to a husband and a wife, my big joke is, Bob, okay, I need you to do me a huge favor here, Bob. You died last week. So I'm going to ask Mary here some questions, but you can't answer because you're dead. So Mary, Bob died last week. Where are you right now? Tell me a little bit about what you guys already have in place. What does that look like for you? And she's going to say, well, you know, we haven't really talked about it. I know that's kind of why I'm here. So let's think. Then find out what she says. Okay, let's say it's a mortgage protection lead. And she says, well, I don't I don't really know what I would do. Okay, Mary, could you pay the mortgage for three months, for six months? Are you going to be out of the house? Like, tell me what that looks like. And then she tells me, and I'm saying, okay, do you have kids that live nearby? Is there a, but it's just question. Let her talk for a second. Question about what she said. Let her talk for a second. You got to go four or five layers deep to where they're almost crying because they are realizing that they are screwed. But then you got to turn around and say, now, Mary, you just died a week ago. You can't say, now, Bob, you weren't talking the whole time. I'm proud of you. And I just make a big joke about it, but everybody's got to die. We got to know the scenario, but if you haven't built the trust and rapport in the beginning, you're wasting your time. Maybe you can bring it back with their scenario and how how severe or unsevere it may be. But um, it goes down to the the classic: make a friend, find a need, fill the need, close the deal. It's just structured a little bit longer on different sections of that of that aspect. Hope that helps. It's a great answer, Marty. <clears throat> Dr. Martha. Also, Marty. <laughs> that was that was my high school name. 
Um, so um, everything that was said previously that was really impactful. I just want to go back to the numbers. If you're running 10 appointments, just remember two of them, no matter what, you cannot mess it up because they're motivated and they'll be patient and they will, they're going to buy no matter what. Two of them are going to be curmudgeons and you're going to, they're going to be, nobody could sell them. Even Bell couldn't sell them. And then the, the remaining six are going to be based on your skill. So I would apply everything that Marty said, but I would record yourself because we all have a blind spot and there may be something that somebody else can see that you cannot. And that way it'll just take that little thing and tweak it. Like, like uh, Fitz says, you know, a, a rocket is off course most of the time, it's the constant tweaking. So the, the skill is learning how to tweak those teensy little things that you're doing that you can't see. And, you know, so record yourself and then have somebody who you, who's a real, who's, whose input you would respect and then have them give you those little one, those little tweaks. Yep. Love it. Megan Yankee also called Marty. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> man, I think what Marty said needs to be in an encasing mystic because that was fire. Um, and what Dr. Martha said, I mean, both like what I was writing down when Marty was talking was you have to connect that want to the need. So what I'm thinking about is like, if you walked into a, a store to get a shirt and you wanted a shirt, right? But you, the sales rep walks up to you and asks if you want help. Most people are going to say, no, I'm just looking if it's just a want, right? But if they allow the opportunity for that salesperson to, to meet with them, and which is what this person is doing with you, by the way, they're allowing you to meet with them. So we know that they're interested. We know they want to take this next step forward. They just need help. They need the guidance to do it, right? So if you have a sales rep that's going to help you get the shirt, that is just, you know, la-di-da, not convicted about helping you feel beautiful in that shirt and making you feel like not just a want of the shirt, but you need that shirt, then you're probably still going to walk out of that store without the shirt. Right. So it's the same concept. It's that it's, it's not, uh, it's making them feel beautiful about what they're doing. It's creating that, that they know they want it to that. I can't leave this appointment without it and that's exactly what marty did by killing them off and it sounds funny and you should make it funny because otherwise it's morbid and it's weird right but uh literally so make it funny but uh and be yourself but it is like that is the the, the difference maker is that little one percent like martha said it's just these little tweaks that you make in your presentation that make the biggest difference so if you're not figuring it out my um the ultimate thing you should be doing is after every appointment is calling who is mentoring you or somebody who you relate with in sales uh, and, and telling them how your appointment went, breaking it down. Like, how did it go? Even you like take your notes after your appointment. What did you say that you felt was went well? And what did you say that you felt went weird or wrong or took a wrong turn and, and discuss that with who's helping you. And, um, by you doing that, that will, will, um, exponentially propel like how quickly you can move from being the average sales rep 
to somebody who can actually help people walk through that logical and emotional decision and it not be a hard decision for them to make right on the spot because you've walked them through the want to, to the need to. That's great. <clears throat> That's great. And it's also what, what Megan's describing is also perfect for a money chair situation. Uh, if you want to jump on a, a daily coaching call and be on the money chair, like that relate to us, role play with us exactly how that appointment went and let us give you feedback. Cause it usually it's, it's usually something very small, Jake. Yeah, so, so those of you who know me normally know that I wouldn't chime in on this particular topic um, exactly on sales, but there's been a tip that we've learned that we've been teaching to our team that I think really um, increases the number of once it closes that you'll experience versus, you know, having to do this over multiple, uh, multiple appointments. And uh, everything that everyone else said is obviously the most important thing is building the why. But once you do that, um, a lot of people, you know, they get the, I want to think about it at the end of the appointment. And it's not necessarily that they don't want it. Like if somebody builds the why very strong, you can still get the, well, we need to think about it at the end, even though they're, they have a burning desire to buy this insurance, it's because of their pride. So at that, on that day that you're sitting in that appointment, it's very possible that they don't have the money to buy this insurance policy but they don't know that they don't realize that the money isn't coming out of their account that moment. And so the whole time that you're talking to them, they are thinking, well, we don't have any money right now, but I'm embarrassed to say that I'm just going to say, we got to look at the numbers. I got to think about it. But in reality, they're in their mind, they're thinking, well, I'm going to call them back when we have money, we'll get this in place. There's this pride issue, but there's this little piece of the appointment that we call the upfront contract where you explain to the person what the process is going to be before you quote them, right? Sometime before you quote them, after you've built the why, but sometime before you quote them, you, you give them the explanation of today, all we're going to do is figure out what you qualify for. We're going to make sure we find something in your budget. And then on a day that you pick in the future, we're going to go ahead and get this, you know, in place, you, you know, they're going to draft your account. So they know that that money is not being drafted that moment. And it gives them this big sigh of relief where, okay, we're just seeing if we can get qualified today. You know, we're, you know, and I get to pick the date in the future when that drafts for my account on payday, because that's what they're thinking. And so that takes a lot of weight off their shoulders and they can make that decision in that moment that yes, let's do the paperwork today. Because that's the most important thing is that you get the app submitted on that appointment because does that make sense? I know I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but if you, if you explain the process to them and there's clarity in what's going to happen today and then what's going to happen in the future financially when they when they're actually have a payday, you're more likely to get them to say yes in that first appointment. So that's, that's all I wanted to bring out. It's a small tip, but it actually makes a huge difference in the number of, I want to think about it that you're going to get. Absolutely. Great tip, Jake. I love that upfront contract. Dr. Martha. So that's an example. It's typically one of the things that when you're recording yourself or you're doing the money chair or you're coaching with somebody, they're going to see that you skipped a whole chunk on the front end. You skip the, 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 like the front, the first page when I'm working with agents, they, they skip that first page. I'm talking about this ATM that we have over on the side, the Alliance training manual, and they'll skip that thing. And I'll say, that's where the sale is made. 
you know, and then I'll explain what are the four or five things you're going to say on that page. And then now they know it's just a teensy little tweak. So, so again, record yourself and um, call afterward. But it, I, I know the person that uh, submitted this question, and she's a real fire firecracker. And so I know it's going to be just a teensy, teensy, a few teensy things, and it's going to be a lot easier. Yep. Bell. So I just want to add one last tip. If you find yourself at the end of the appointment and you get the, I want to think about it, right? Or let's schedule a follow-up or something like that, you know, because that's your next, usually your next move when they're wanting to think about it. You don't want to let them go. At least get the follow-up scheduled. Not like, oh, we'll talk next week. No, we're going to talk next Tuesday at 8 a.m., right? You're scheduling that. Before you let them go, you need to ask them this question. Are you leaning toward it or are you leaning away from it? That's it. Which way are you leaning? Because what I have found is that how they answer this question tells me where I messed up. It's literally what it does. If they say they're leaning toward it, I know price is the problem. 99% of the time, if they're leaning toward something and not moving forward right now, it's because of price. And it may be like Jake said, payday issue, but it could be it's just too expensive for their budget. We've shown them something that's that it's just a little bit out. They're uncomfortable with that price range. If they're leaning away from it, then I know I did not build the value in the product. They don't see the value in having it. So if I know what direction they're leaning, I know what direction to talk about next. If they say, well, we're leaning toward it, you know, we realize it's important. We just really need to talk it over. And then I can come back and say, well, you know, one of the things that's very important to me is that this fits comfortably in your budget. Something that you could do every month without batting an eye, because this is a lifetime commitment, especially if we're talking about final expense. You're going to have this for the rest of your life because this is what you're counting on to have for your family. Let me show you something we can start with today that will be the you know least impact on your budget so you can at least have something. And then we can always build on that over time. You don't have to get the whole thing done today, but let's just get something as a starter that we can build on. And nine times out of 10, they come back to the conversation and we just look at, at lower numbers. And by lower numbers, we're usually lowering the face amount because let's face it, our products are priced competitively. It's not like, oh, this one was magically cheaper and I didn't offer you that to begin with. That's not how it works. We just lower the face amount because it's something. If they say they're leaning away from it, then I've got to take the line of questioning like, so let me ask you this, you're leaning away from it. What? What would it be like? What would happen if you had nothing in place? And I circle back to what, what what's it look like for your family to have nothing? Because obviously they don't see the tragedy that that could be. And I need to readdress that conversation. So again, if you know they're leaning toward or away, tells you what part that you did not nail down in their mind. And maybe you talked a lot about it, but they didn't receive it. So that's just something I do when I get those. I want to think about it. Man, <clears throat> I think we crushed it. That was great. And I know Lucky is the one to ask this question. And uh, she is has a great personality and connects very quickly. Uh, no question about it. So, Lucky, it's something little. It's it's digging deeper. Uh, and, and I think it started off with Marty saying that. But so many times an agent will come out of an appointment and they'll say, ah, I didn't get it. Why not? Well, I don't know. Well, let me ask you, why do they want to buy it? Well, they want to make sure if anything happened to them that their wife is taken care of. Okay, well, what what are the, what are they concerned is going to happen to them? I don't know. 
And and what do they have in place now to provide for their wife if something happens to them? I don't know. Okay. And <laughs> like you just you realize all of a sudden that they got they the client got away with a very shallow answer. I want to make sure if anything happens, she's taken care of. You mean like whacked, like the Sopranos, uh, taken care of that way? Like, what do, you, what do you mean you want her taken care of? What does that look like? Paint me a picture. I got to understand so I know how to help you. And uh, the agents that do that, they get deeper, deeper, deeper. Those are the ones that that routinely will make the sale on the first on the first try. But there's a lot of little things there. So good question, Lucky. I think a lot of people benefited from that answer. Can I help you? I sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's T-I-M-E-W-I-T-H-F-I-T-Z.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic and pick a time and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you soon.